Let's face it, life isn't always the party we thought it would be. So how do we find the joy when we need it? And what if it's up to us to create it? That's where the Party On podcast comes in. Our goal? To shine the proverbial disco light on all the things that can make our lives easier, healthier, and a heck of a lot more fun. So we can enjoy the party we were all invited to. Live our best lives and dance like no one's watching. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I am so excited to be back with you today because I just love starting off our weeks together with a party. I mean, don't you? You guys will have to excuse my voice today. I completely lost it over the weekend, but it came back just enough to do this podcast. I just sound a little bit like Chandler's dad and friends. And if you're a friends junkie like me, then you get that. You know, and I know you know. And I know you know that we know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So today I want to talk about something I'm horrible at. Like beyond horrible. Because how boring would a show be where the host just talks about all the things we should do and all the ways we should be as if they've mastered it all, right? Uh, You can trust that I will always out myself on the things I fail at miserably. And today's shortcoming is one of those things. So today we're talking about rest. And you guys, it's not even funny how bad I am at this. In fact, show of hands, who here thinks that me losing my voice may just have something to do with that? You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one that struggles with it. So today I want to talk about rest, the nature of rest, the types of rest, how it goes hand in hand with joy and happiness, and why we're so darn bad at it. Seriously, why are we so bad at it? It's a commandment after all, and it's one I'd argue we might be the worst at. I mean, not many of us are out there murdering people. I mean, I hope none of you are. (laughs) But I'd be willing to bet a whole lot of us are lousy at rest. In America, rest is certainly not a cherished ideal. I know it's the same in many other countries, but here we love hearing about the American dream, rags to riches, and I challenge you to find any mention of the importance of rest in any of today's success stories. I mean, if you were to read a book about Jeff Bezos, the multi-millionaire and CEO of Amazon, without which I couldn't survive, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't find a chapter on his downtime or napping schedule. Because that's not what we're conditioned to want to learn about. We want to know how to do it, how to do more so we can make more and get more. You know, the hustle. And while many industry leaders probably know darn good and well the importance of rest, very few of them talk about it as a crucial component to their success, which I would argue might be one of the most crucial components. I have been horrible at rest my entire life, and the ironic part is I really need it, as in more than the average person. I like to call myself an extroverted introvert, which means I really need my alone time, but I never want to slow down enough to get it, nor do I ever want to be alone. I also need eight hours of sleep at least, or else I suffer. And my husband would argue everyone else around me does too. 
Oh, and I'm an Enneagram 7, which means I'm obsessed with all things fun, fear of missing out, and I take on so many things that I exhaust myself to the core, and then I complain about it. So yeah, I'm fun, but in all seriousness, I think we all struggle with rest, no matter our sleep needs or our Enneagram type, and for so many reasons, the first being the culture that we live in. We've been taught, whether we realize it or not, that rest is lazy and self-care is selfish. So when we do rest, we tend to feel guilty. And maybe guilty isn't the right word, but we certainly feel like there's something else we should be doing. Because our to-do list is to the moon and back, is it not? I saw a hilarious meme the other day that was so accurate and said, there is no relaxing when you are an adult. At all. Deciding to chill basically just means you're ignoring your list of things to do. And who can do that anyways? So why try? Welcome to adulthood. So how are we supposed to rest when the world around us shows us the exact opposite is rewarded? How are we supposed to rest when our to-do list just won't quit? This is where I am lacking, my friends, because the answer is discipline. I had the privilege to go to Israel a few years back. I promise this is related. And I simply fell in love with Jerusalem, specifically the culture and the people. We were lucky enough to arrive on a Friday evening, which in the Jewish religion is the beginning of the Sabbath at sundown. If you don't know what the Sabbath is, because it can be another one of those inclusive religious words that I find quite intimidating, here you go. The Sabbath or the Shabbat, as they call it in Judaism, is the formal name for the holy day of rest. It is described, and I love this, as a joyous holy day. Isn't that amazing? It's joyous. And it's also the origin of the word holiday. The Sabbath is observed because God commanded it and modeled it for us. On the seventh day, God rested, not because he needed to, because... He's God. He never tires. But because it's so important that he wanted to show us how. He wanted us to know that it was holy to be revered and protected. And don't you just kind of wish that it said on the seventh day he partied because that would be so much easier, right? Well, in the Jewish tradition, the Sabbath is on Saturday and it begins at sundown on Friday night. That Friday night in Jerusalem, their entire world world was alive. In party language, it was lit. The Wailing Wall, which is the last remaining wall of the Jewish Temple Mount, was packed and it almost felt like one giant party. Totally my jam. And truly, it felt like a joyous, holy day. The energy was palpable. People came in droves because they knew that once the sun went down, they were called to rest. And guys, they take this seriously. The next morning, we woke up and went to breakfast in the hotel, which consisted of pretty much nothing. And, um, have I told y'all I'm a big breakfast person? I mean, you haven't lived until you've seen me eat breakfast. I can throw down. And if I don't eat a big breakfast, I spend most of the day hangry, which is a combination of hungry and angry, which, you know, group tour, sleep deprived, hangry, I'll let you do the math on all that. The food was minimal that morning because everything had to be prepared the day before so that no work was done on the actual Sabbath. 
Everything had to keep. And by the Jewish laws of the Sabbath, no spark can be made, which means no fire, no electricity, no cooking, nothing. Y'all, the city itself was a ghost town. And one of the things I remember most, no pushing elevator buttons because it creates a spark. Stairs only, which I felt like was a little bit backwards, but y'all, it was amazing. I was so inspired by their dedication and their discipline. And I couldn't help but think how much better all of our lives would be if we too followed that commandment so very literally and physically. But beyond us being disciplined about resting, we need to understand what resting actually is or what God is actually commanding us to do. I mean, we can't meet a goal if we aren't sure what it is, right? Rest is defined by Merriam-Webster as ceasing work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, and recover strength. But when most of us hear the word rest, I'd be willing to bet that we associate it with sleeping, or laying still while we stare at the ceiling. You know, the kind of take two and call me in the morning rest. But aside from sleeping, when is that kind of rest possible? I mean, if you're lucky enough to sneak in a nap, that helps. But the majority of us can't just leave the kids unattended or pass out cold at our office desk. So this is where we start to redefine it. And in order to do that, let me tell you a little story. Gather around, children. Let me get in my rocking chair. On the last episode, I talked about my history with crippling anxiety. During that time, when I was in the hospital for an anxiety-induced episode, the doctor started giving me everything under the sun to sedate me. And remember, I was 88 pounds at the time. I can remember them coming in over and over again after upping my dose and being so confused that it wasn't working. So they continued increasing it. The doctors were literally shocked, I remember them saying so, that someone my size wasn't relaxing with that amount of medication. They said it should be enough for a 200-pound man. And you guys, that's how tightly wound I was during this time. Looking back, this was such an eye-opening moment for me. The medication affected my body for sure. I could barely move. But my mind is what they couldn't conquer. I can remember my family telling me later, that I would be fast asleep, but I would sit up in a panic, talking about things that needed to be done or things I was worried about. And this was lucid stuff, you guys. At one point, I leaped up and said, we need to feed the kids. Maybe there's a Wendy's or McDonald's down the street. Another instance, I jumped up convinced I heard the baby crying. It wasn't until I was home from that incident that I started to realize rest is not truly rest unless it includes your mind. I mean, I could have stayed in that hospital for days, quote-unquote, resting, but I would have left just as exhausted as when I arrived, if not more. We need rest both for our bodies and our minds, and if we don't have both, we become physically and mentally exhausted, and both are pretty much the pits. You can quote me on that. So maybe we need to start looking at rest as more than sitting still, not laying in bed all day or sleeping. I think... That component is very important, but what if we also added the things that make us feel rested? Because that could actually include so many more things, including things that are active. And here's what I mean by that. Like I said, I'm an extroverted introvert. And the reason I call myself that is because whenever I test to figure out what I am, 
I fall right on the line. Actually, I fall on the middle line of everything I test for. It's so incredibly boring. But it wasn't until a few years ago that I learned the actual definition of extrovert and introvert. It's all based on how you recharge. So an extrovert, by definition, recharges by being around others, while an introvert recharges by being alone. And recharging equals rest. So here's the rest hack that I'm proposing. What if we looked at our minds and bodies as batteries and assessed what charges them up, then rest accordingly? Obviously, that answer is going to be different for everyone, right? Which is why it's so important for us to explore. We have to stop looking at ourselves as cookie-cutter versions of everybody else. I mean, when it comes to our nutrition, we wouldn't assume our diet should be exactly the same as the next person, right? So why would we treat our rest the very same way? So step one to feeling rested, because we are going to weave those action items in today, guys. Examine what rest means for you. Examine when you feel the most recharged. What made you feel that way? Was it a dinner out with your girlfriends without your kids? Was it time alone binging your favorite show? Was it indeed a nap? Because some people could sleep all day and night and still feel depleted. Pay attention to what recharges you, to what gives you that kind of rest. Step two, identify the different kinds of rest. Good rest, in my opinion, is combining three things, physical, mental, and spiritual. We're going to dive into the spiritual kind here in a bit. So for now, let's talk about a few different ways to achieve the mental and physical, other than sleeping, of course. You ready? Number one, get into nature. I know this one is hard for you city dwellers, but find some nature, guys. There is such a thing as connecting to our earth and being surrounded by God's creation is the best way to do that. It can recalibrate your brain to get out of your norm and see things differently, even if it's just going for a walk. Number two, unplug from technology. This one might be a no-brainer, but how many of us can actually do it? About a year ago, I started taking weekends off of social media. I say social media because I still use my phone to look up movie times or text friends, etc., because I see that as connection, and since I live in the middle of nowhere, that's important to me. But honestly, since most of what I do on my phone is social media, I actually find myself rarely using it on the weekend, and it is glorious. Unplug from your phone and see the kind of rest that it gives your body and your mind. Number three, be unproductive. This totally goes against everything our society conditions us to, and it's awesome. Practice the art of being still, or at the very least, stilling your mind. Give yourself permission to not accomplish something. You know to-do lists? Make a to-don't list. Write down everything you have to do, and then change the name of it to to-don't. It is so therapeutic, y'all. You can thank me later. Number four. Engage in a hobby that brings you joy. My mom loved to do puzzles when I was younger, and I never understood why. Even up until a few years ago, my husband would ask me to do a puzzle instead of watch a show, and I was all, I don't want to thank on my time off. But lately, I've become a big fan. I'll say it, I love me a good puzzle. 
And here's why. It's actually rest for my mind. Because when I'm searching for a particular puzzle piece or shape or color, my mind can't focus on anything else. I also personally love that I can start a puzzle and finish it because finishing something in this day and age with kids interrupting is so incredibly hard to do. Number five, create a lack of responsibility. This one is huge for parents. In fact, a few weekends ago, the mister and I took a getaway where the sole purpose was to rest in the old school thinking way. We even brought our Apple TV with us to the hotel room so that we could binge watch our favorite shows, never leaving the hotel room. But instead, we wound up gallivanting all over town, just rolling with it, eating at our favorite restaurants, walking around the city with no agenda. Definitely not your typical idea of resting. And we stayed up every night till midnight. Party animals, I know. But the thing is, I felt so rested when the weekend was over. And I realized it's because we had no responsibility. No kids to chase after. No dogs to clean up after. No dishes to do. No laundry. None of it. Our brains got a break to recharge and man, did it feel restful. Find a way to create a lack of responsibility in your lives even if just for a few hours. And finally, make it spiritual. Number six is an entirely different kind of rest altogether, and in my opinion, the most important. If we want to gain true rest, we need to rest in God. But what exactly does that mean? Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I used to be confused as a child to why we were talking about egg yolks in church, but I know now that he was referring to the equipment that you would put on an ox in the plow field. And y'all, it's heavy, so, so heavy. So in layman's terms, He wants us to give him our troubles because he is strong enough to carry them. His yoke isn't heavy, so he wants to take ours. Spiritual rest is one of the greatest gifts God gave to mankind. To God, rest is synonymous with peace. It's deep and profound, and it trumps the kind of rest when we are just physically tired or sleepy. Until we enter God's rest, we will never fully enjoy life. Enter our joy. Not only is joy connected to rest through physical and medical aspects, literally our cortisol levels drop drastically when we rest properly. It's connected spiritually. And this, I've learned, is the single most recharging form of rest. This is huge, y'all. If you are not currently practicing this kind of rest, it is time to start. The most peace I have ever felt was when I hit rock bottom because I handed it all over to him. And here's a little trick because I'm a visual person. So sometimes I found if I do visible things, it helps me to believe in what I'm doing. So I make hand motions. Don't laugh. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm going to tell you how. And I promise it works wonders. When I am burdened by something, be it my anxiety, worry, or issues I can't control, I imagine them sitting around my heart 
making it difficult for me to breathe, which isn't hard for me because that's truly how it feels. Then I slowly take my hands and physically move them away from me. I'll have to walk you through this on Instagram, but I make the movements of physically handing my problems to him to remind myself that I don't have to carry them alone and that I can remove that weight. And here's why I think this kind of rest is the most important. If you could choose to take a nap or have someone take on all of your problems for you with 100% trust that they could handle it, which one would you choose? I'm not going to answer that for you, but all I'm going to say is choose wisely. In today's world, we hear so often work hard, play hard, but I really want to make the case for changing that up a little. I think it should be work hard, rest hard, then play hard. Because without rest, mental, physical, and spiritual for our bodies and minds, we cannot live up to the potential that God has planned for us. Better yet, how about work hard, rest hard, party hard? Yeah, I like that. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Oh, and I know we kind of wove our action items into today's episode, but I want to give you two more because I'm ruthless like that. Number one, rest. I bet you saw that coming. Number two, don't apologize for it. Know the importance, you guys. Understand that rest in any form is holy and it's necessary. Then repeat to yourself all week long, work hard, rest hard, party hard. Thank y'all so much for listening today, friends. And let me remind y'all, everything I talk about on this podcast is something I struggle with too. I don't have all the answers. I just know what I've learned and what God calls me to share. But I am in this boat with you. So let's lift each other up this week and help each other commit to resting mind, body, and soul. Don't forget to go leave a review on our podcast if you enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't enjoy it, No hard feelings, but I'm totally curious on why you're still here. (laughs) Y'all's subscription ratings and reviews are what helps this podcast to be heard. So thank you. They are so important. Also, if you get a chance, head to thefestivefarmhouse.com for some new Valentine's Day gifts. We just added a few more boxes in the shop, including one for you. Yes, you. Because self-love, friends, which is what we'll be talking about next week. I hope y'all have a great rest of your week and until next Monday, party on friends.